Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today we will be talking about the reality of competing. Yeah, so we're here today and we're going to be sharing, I guess, our personal experiences about how we got started and I guess just some of the insight into the years that we've been competing because both Danny and I first competed back in 2016. Mm, yeah, really do go quickly. And it has changed so much since then like so much I didn't know anyone else who was a young female that was competing at the time and I I stood out I wasn't even sure what the hell I was doing and now so many people talk about it and it's as if it's the mm. the newest craze how yeah. crazy is that it's 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 insane just like over the last few years how much it's changed because when you say bodybuilding to someone mm. everyone thinks of the very stereotypical male bodybuilder yeah chicken and broccoli Um, chicken and broccoli there's lots of stereotypes that go with it yeah and the reality is that that's changing as fitness itself is changing it's becoming Mm. more mainstream and i guess um, a more healthy sort of way of fitness is coming amongst society and it's not just this clear cut between a bodybuilder and gen pop now there's so much in between and that's where i guess all these different categories have emerged which again adds another element to bodybuilding as a sport and yeah, it's been really interesting, I guess, to watch that all evolve for women in particular, because now females and bikini competitors make up vast majority of the competitors in these federations. Yeah, we are definitely dominating the dominating. industry now and we bring in the crowds <laughs> like, yeah. why do you think bikinis <laughs> on last? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Everyone stays. So how, let's talk about a little bit how it has changed from when we started. Or should we talk about when we started? Yeah, let's talk about when we started. Yeah. So when did you start? Well, the same year as me, but tell me about your first show. Yeah, so 2016. So I didn't even know what the bloody hell I was doing. I mean, I had a coach and that's what led me come to the conclusion that, yeah, I think I will give mm. this thing a go. So what made you go, I'm going to... I'm going to do a bodybuilding show because it was very, you know, it was very taboo back then. It's not yeah. just like it is now. It's a big decision. Yeah. And maybe subconsciously, because I did grow up watching dad do his shows, but yep. not once did I think as I was watching him tan up, putting his jocks on. No, I didn't watch him do that, <laughs> but I was watching him tan up. Not once did I go, I'm going to do that one day. It's, <laughs> But maybe subconsciously there was a comfort in that weird world that was watching dad on stage tanned up flexing while people looked at him like as a young kid (laughs) (laughs) but I was always training I was a personal trainer and then one day at the fitness expo I saw my coach Hattie lifting and I'm like who the hell is this strong woman so just like all good Instagram stalkers do clicked on her Instagram and I'm like holy shit had a look I'm like that would be sick to be just a next level human like that it was Mm. just just seemed so far-fetched that someone who was a woman could be so powerful and one thing led to another I ended up signing up to her coaching and then 
the net it just seemed like the next goal for me was to compete and now looking back i did not explore the real reasons why i wanted to do it i didn't and that led to um not feeling truly fulfilled after the first show which we'll touch on later but i was kind of i just did it mm, uh, mm. i went in very blind but i learned a lot looking back mm. and i wouldn't change a lot of things but that was the first show in march 2016 yeah wow it's interesting because I have a very similar, I guess, outlook on it, but ignorance truly is bliss. And mm. I think a lot of people go into competing with that mindset. Well, definitely those years ago, it was like that. It's a yeah. bit different now because I feel like people do know what they're getting into through social media and I guess influences. But yeah, I was very much the same. So I competed for my first show back in 2016 and I think it was just the back after doing like a, a generic 12-week challenge <laughs> as everyone does. Mm. Um, so I'd done this this random 12-week challenge and I looked, I was like, I look good, I look yeah. great. And I was like, why don't I do one of these shows? Yeah. But it was actually this um, one of my mentors who I spoke about in one of our first episodes who I referred to as Jim Dad. Oh, it yeah. was actually him who he was like an old school competitor as well. Oh, yeah. And he sort of said to me, he's like, you do great. You should do a show. You should do a show. And I always was like, no way. I couldn't do mm. that. I couldn't mm. do that. And then the more I sort of researched and the more I start, like continued to train and I was like, I think I want to do this. Mm. But I was very naive getting into it because first I didn't know comp prep coaches existed i didn't know there was multiple federations it was just the one that sort of popped up um i didn't even know really much about the different categories so i coached myself oh that's right (laughs) how good i didn't tell anyone why not what oh why didn't i tell anyone Mm. oh deep but i was embarrassed that i was doing it at the start why i don't know i just thought like i said i had that very stereotypical mindset of what bodybuilding was yeah and I really wanted to do it because Mm. I guess these sort of thoughts about competing had been going on for about six months after I did this little challenge and I was like nah I'm gonna do it I obviously told my partner Luke um and I told my parents that I was prepping um but I didn't tell any of my friends or announce it or anything until I was about three weeks out. Oh, um, you, and yeah. I remember I just took a photo, put it on Instagram and was like, <laughs> I'm doing this thing. Hey guys, just letting you all know. But yeah, like I ended up winning the category that I went Did in. Did you? And the overall. Oh, what? Yeah. Um, it was it was really great. And I Where mean, was it? Out in Ballarat? No, it was in Melbourne. Oh, she can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember sitting in the car with all my trophies, <laughs> with me and Luke just looking through the windscreen in the car park, going, what the hell just happened? Yeah. Because I was hadn't done any posing. Like, I had no yeah. idea what was going on. And like I said, ignorance is bliss because I just went out there and had the best time. Yeah. Like, the best time. And That's I remember awesome. people being like, who who are you? Mm. Like, mm. and I was like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, yeah. Which is probably good because then you probably wouldn't have put as much pressure on no, yourself. No. You just wing. Not everyone wins. Just FYI, not everyone rocks up randomly without a game plan and wins. No. Um, I definitely didn't. I was a deer in headlights. So good well, Good on you. I'm sure you looked freaking awesome and worked hard. But definitely it doesn't happen to everyone. No, you get no. to get all these shiny trophies. And look, you know, <laughs> I got all my information off like bodybuilding.com. <laughs> I used to print uh, workouts off that yeah, as well. Bodybuilding.com. Yeah, Nation, I used to come home and just read, like, articles, yeah. read articles, and, and I had this 
book, like this Bible, I'd just like write everything in it. Okay. And like, mm. yeah, I got right into it and I was like, well, because I, I didn't know coaches existed. I was like, well, no yep. one's going to help me get this result. So I just did all the research for myself and, you know, yeah, lived off cool. chicken and broccoli and learnt the hard way. Oh, you did. Yeah, interesting. Mm. It's, um, yeah, and so 2016 we did our shows. I did one in March and then eight weeks later refined my posing and did all that and then um, won a few categories in the April one at the Fitness Expo. And that was a bit of a, a level up because it was a bigger show. And then what happened? Then we did WBFF. Mm, you have a bit of time off. Had time off. Oh, yeah. So similar to you, which you mentioned, I went to Europe as well, uh, like four weeks after. You just, all right, I've done this thing now. Now I'm just going to go back to normal life, put on like five kilos, which is awesome. I uh, don't regret anything. And then had some time off. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's important to have that time off and... I think when you first start, you tend to do knock out a few shows back to back, which I think is fine because you're yeah. used to be motivated, you're getting started mm. and you are still an amateur. So you sort of can do it when you sort yeah. of um, move up to like, I guess, a professional level. It's a bit different because changes um, are few and far between. Yeah. Whereas when you're an amateur, you do get a lot of those newbie gains um, and you can really progress between each show. So definitely. Yeah. So 2016, I did my first one and after that, I I was like, well, I have to do another one. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I went on, I think I had oh, like a couple of months off, which is not really. And like I said, I didn't have a coach or anything. So I didn't even really reverse diet or increase my calories. Yeah. I really just did, did. I made lots of mistakes, but you know, here we are. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I did a few more shows a couple of months later and I did quite well in them. The mm. last one I did, I took it too far. What do you mean? I was really lean for my last show that oh. I did. I got really light. I think I was, um, you know, weight is, you know, very independent. But just for example, like I'm about 58 kilos now and I think I got on stage at about 46. Yeah. So that's what happens because you came off the back end of a 12-week challenge. I'd been a tennis player for 15 years. Mm. We didn't actually have, like, we didn't build up. No. Yeah. We just shredded down. Yeah, we and just kept shredded down. Yep. And mm. because I guess both Danny and I have sporting backgrounds as well, mm. we probably did have that underlying muscle memory, which is really important because, like, which we will talk about, some people are competing and they don't have that yet. But moving on from that, I did take it a little too far, which you know, looking back at my stage photos and everything, I was like, wow, like I did get quite lean, but you don't see it, you know, you don't see yeah. it. And then straight after that, literally competed on the Saturday. And then on the Sunday, Luke and I um, flew out to Europe and backpacked around for a few months hey. and had the best time, had a bit of time off. And then after Perfect. that, I had a year off, went back to uni, did a postgrad. And honestly, I never thought I'd compete again. I sort yeah. of um, was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's me done. Yeah. I was sort of, and then I did. And then I did another show probably 12 months after that. Yeah. Um, the fire built up again. Mm, and mm. then, and then I thought, no, I'll have some time off. And then after watching, I guess, the WBFF on Instagram. We got to say this story. Come yeah. on. What So we story? both had time. That's how we met. Oh, yeah. That's cute. Yeah, go kind on. of spoke about. We haven't spoke, spoken about on the podcast. So, I took the same amount of time off as Sherelle. Didn't think I was going to compete again because it was just something that we did just because whatever. And then uh, being exposed to another federation that we both saw as like the epitome of competing, though, the WBFF. Yeah. And like, for those who don't know, what's, hmm. it, what's it stand for? World Beauty Fitness Fashion. And 
Yeah, so it's kind of like a Victoria's Secret mixed with the bodybuilding, body sculpting uh, side, which is really cool. Something that I thought I would never, ever be doing, like, because I just saw that as, oh, I'll never be one of those girls. And then here we are. But yeah, looking back, so a group of friends and I organized a holiday to go up and watch one of the shows because they're all interstate, so Sydney or Queensland. And then here came little Sherelle sliding in the DMs. Oh, yep, yep. I heard you. You're going to a show, you know, can I join? And I'm like to my friend Ellie, Ellie, have you met Sherelle? And she's like, yeah, once. I'm like, is she cool? She's like, yeah, she's cool. I'm like, all right, stuff it. Let's do it. <laughs> met yep. you at the airport for the first time. Hi, I'm Danny. Yep, it was the best. It was so funny. I was like, <laughs> I'm just going to message him. And Good Luke, on you. Luke's like, go for it. So I was like... I'm going away for the weekend with girls I don't even know. Yeah. But, you know, like um, we'll talk about, you know, some there are a lot of perks when it comes to competing. And I guess yep. it's such a small niche. It's easy to sort of um, make friends. Yeah. I remember we sat right up the back as well. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I remember because I wanted, I really wanted to compete with the WBFF, but my thought was, I don't think I'm good enough. Yeah. That was like, I don't think I could stand on stage next to some of those girls and stand out. Mm. Um. And going to watch, like, really reinforced me that I was like, I want to be up there. Yeah. we were sitting up the back going, <laughs> oh, this is it. Yeah. You know, and like I said about bodybuilding being very stereotypical, a lot of the federations that both Danny and I competed in, it sort of was like that. Whereas mm. the WBFF, it allows you to be a bit more feminine. Um, yeah. Very individual. You know, you can really bring your own package to the stage. Whereas, yeah. you know, some of the feedback that I got from my other shows with different federations, I was like, oh, well, I don't want to sort of do that. Like some of the feedback. Fit to their yeah, mold fit, type thing. Fit the, definitely fit the category. Whereas it's a yeah. bit different with the WBFF, which we'll move on to. So mm, I mm. guess that's just a bit of a background um, of where we started with competing and what led us to the WBFF, which is um, now where we both compete as professional athletes. And we will continue to compete for a little while. Definitely. Mm. We're just getting started. We're just getting started. So mm. both Danny and I are pretty new um, as pros and we will be competing again October. October. Can I say that? Oh, we've announced it. it. We've announced so it. So we're both going to be doing the um, October Pro AM show. Oh, here. we're going to be on stage with each other. I just realised. I know. Realized. I know. Yep. Sick. Comp prep series coming up. Yeah. Um, wow. So that'll be really cool too. Yeah. Because I've always wanted to compete <laughs> with a close friend. It'll be so fun. We it's... did in May that time. We're on stage with each other. Yeah, I but remember. now we're forced to actually catch up every week. Yeah, <laughs> and record a podcast and there debrief. You go. And it, you know, like I said, it's so cool that when you, um, I guess, embed yourself into competing and you actually genuinely love it, and you find your family and you find your federation, mm. um, you find friends. Yeah. So you mentioned that we're pro athletes. So people often ask, "What is a pro athlete?" Mm. And we've sort of put together a few points that we live and breathe so the first one is it's more than just words in your instagram bio yeah yep. you know it's a lot of you, you see it and that's cool because people are proud of the title but it's so much more than that it's a lifestyle and a mindset because i i just became a pro in october uh recently and i knew i was a pro before I got the title because yep. you just embody everything that it takes. It's like you learn over time to tap into that ultimate version yeah. of yourself where you're just unstoppable. And it even got to the point because all the pros in the WBFF get a sash 
on the the night before the comp everyone was like a few people came up to me and was like oh where's your pro sash aren't you a pro yet like just because i just walked talked like i already was one before i got awarded it yeah um, it was pretty cool <laughs> and before danny went on stage i remember saying to her backstage i was like danny this is yours you yeah. are a pro like go get it mm, like mm. you know and it's funny because it's like this weird feeling when you do your last show before you go pro that you don't feel like you belong on stage like you you feel like you you should be in the pro lineup it's just this weird sort of feeling you know um you just know like you mm. sort of you've you sort of yeah you know but that takes time it takes time and like years. i said years and like i said danny and i both had previous experience so if you're starting just in the wbff you know we've done i've done 10 shows 10 10 what I know, I'm a, I'm a veteran. That was my fifth. Yeah, I've done 10 shows. There so, you go. You know, 10 times I've mm. prepped. And um, it doesn't matter where you do it. It's the same thing. You're prepping your body. So yeah. people that are disappointed after not going pro after one or two shows, like you take everything into consideration. Oh, for sure. And you won't value it as much because if you got handed a pro card on a silver platter after your first show, mm. like, did you, well, yeah, a lot of people work for it and stuff, but it's like, you wouldn't value it as much. No. It's like those young child stars who become celebrities straight away and they don't know what to do because they haven't learned how to actually yeah. handle that. Yeah, like I was reading Avicii's, um, one of his bio sort oh. of things about him is really interesting. It's the same sort of concept of getting fame so early before you've grown into the maturity. Really? Um, and knowing sort of what to do with it before you I guess know who you are yeah um but yeah just touching as well for those who really don't understand the difference between a pro and an amateur like perhaps you don't compete when you become pro it's based off obviously judging but the judges mm. um objectively look at you and they obviously score you accordingly but it's also um subjectively like they think you look like a pro you represent the brand well yes. and they would want you to compete at an international level and they feel that you would be competitive it's also about being a good example to amateurs yeah. so once you become pro it's your duty to help others mm. because it's very the wbff is very community based and that's definitely one of the reasons why i kept coming back and back because you just laugh and you have so much fun with all the people you meet so by turning pro like they offer that service and that help for the people who are new who yeah. need that guidance which is freaking awesome yeah. i reckon and you're representing the brand like yeah. danny said you you're representing them on a whole you're a wbff pro so that yeah. means that you're 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 exclusive to the brand you don't go back and compete with other federations and just jump around you you represent them as a whole and Definitely. that's that's what Danny and I will continue to do as well. Like I said, you sort of find your place and then mm. you can become pro in any federation. But it just means that you generally you commit to that federation um, and you just compete with them. Yeah, yeah. So there are a few different ones out there. Do your research. Have a look. I would go and watch a show first, like what we did, yeah. just so you really know what it's like. Because Instagram, it's it's so different to what it's really like yeah it's so and that's, different that's what i sort of realized as well when we went and watched it i was like okay i could probably get up there and yeah. like feel comfortable because unfortunately on instagram all you see is the high reel yeah let's be honest you know all you see is the high reel yeah. and with competing become so popular over the last few years 
you know, there's like 300 bikini competitors. They can't oh, yeah. show them all. And they, you know, generally it's the top 10 that you see. Yeah, Top exactly. 10's a huge achievement. Yeah. So I reckon the WBFF would be an amazing first show for someone. Oh, 100% because as Danny and I will discuss later <laughs> later on, show day is really hard work. It's mm, tough and mm. you need to get more out of the whole experience rather than just the actual comp itself. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, so uh, back what we were talking about when we started, no one did it for the gram. Mm. Like, No, I didn't oh. have a gram. No, that, I started my gram for because of this because I didn't want to drain my friends and family about my fitness posts. But it was just photos of me just sitting on a foam roller. Like, It wasn't really <laughs> like I didn't care about the life. Hashtag recovery. Yeah, like random stuff just to post photos that I'm doing this thing that I don't know anything about. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I started, so I had like my personal account and then I started um, a private fitness account, which is what I use today Mm. um, because I sort of was using my fitness account so much more than my personal one and I just realized why do I have a personal one and when this is who I am yeah cool so then I, I just you know took it off private mm. told everyone about it because like I didn't even put my head in the, some of the photos because I was like go. I didn't want other people to sort of find this account and identify it for me so yeah, interesting. yeah it's really interesting um I guess watching how much Instagram's grown um for sure with fitness and I guess both the positive and the negatives of it as well. I've definitely, you know, it's, I get, I feel like Instagram, you get out what you put in. So, you know, I only follow positive people on Instagram mm. or educational pages or things that I would want to fill my day with. Whereas I feel like if you are just constantly exposing yourselves to, I guess, some of the not so positive role models in competing, because there's lots of them out there. It's easy to try and model that behavior or I guess be influenced negatively by it. So it's really important to choose your following and especially when it comes to competing, like, you know, follow the pros that act like professionals all year round and respect the sport, respect their body um, and just put out positivity. Yeah. I do like how it has changed because it would, as you said, you didn't tell any of your friends that you were doing it. I would tell my family, oh, I'm doing this thing, but no one, A, would know or care, which is fine, but it, it's quite isolating. And I met yeah. my first friends just at one of the posing classes where now you type in WBFF or ICM, whatever, so many lists of people come up with that you can network with. Yeah. And even us giving this content out, this wasn't around before right now no <laughs> well if it wasn't for that like we wouldn't be sitting here because i wouldn't yeah. have followed you and you know that's sort of that's true it's hey. it's crazy how competing can connect people but it's because you're attracted to the same values yeah um and in the most part yeah just be smart part. about it as you said before yeah what you follow and what you put out there yeah. as so well i guess that just leads into um the dark side of competing and yes. i guess how it can turn bad and perhaps when you shouldn't compete because we love it but if I didn't feel like it was serving me and same as you, we wouldn't be bloody doing this. No. And I feel like it's actually not for everyone. Mm. It's probably not for most people, mm. like 90% of people don't oh, do it, yeah, <laughs> to like, be honest. It's an extreme sport and that's yeah. what people don't realise. It is extreme. Like you are putting your body through some real hard times. Um, you're pushing it to a state that it's not physiologically comfortable being at. Don't compete for the experience. Yeah. I really don't think that's a valid reason to compete. A lot of people are like, oh, I just want to do it for the experience. It's like, no, no, no. You need to dig deep and find, yeah. find a, a better reason than that. 
definitely. So the amount of people that say, I want to do it, as you mentioned, for the experience or to tick it off my bucket list, like you don't. There's real... There's there's a real underlying reason that most of us don't explore. I definitely didn't explore it in my first one. So it's our why. You might have heard that. Find your why, like all this American bullshit. But when it comes actually to competing, you need to find out why the hell you want to do this. And we the reason, it's interesting, we've got the list of when to not compete versus when to compete. The reasons why we shouldn't are actually longer than why you should. So oh, it's longer, yeah. the first one that we have, don't do it for the status, for the validation, like because having people feed your ego and tell you how amazing you look, like it does, like we all like it to an extent, but it's not going to fulfill you at all. And then you're just going to keep seeking other people's approval and posting more of your ass on Instagram and just waiting for people to comment. Like it's not actually going to make you happy long-term. No. And you know, psychologically, all that's doing is giving you positive reinforcement and just giving you a bit of a dopamine surge when someone says Mm. you look great. Yeah. And then you sort of associate that feeling, um, with praise and then Mm. you know it leads to this negative cycle of you know post comp when you do when you don't look like that anymore because it's short-lived then you think well do people still look up to me like it sort of leads to this sort of this negative mindset around it and it's why it's important to not validate your success of physical appearance yep Definitely, which is interesting because that's what the judging is really. However, I do like with WBFF, it's it's how you present yourself. It's not just how you look, which is really cool. A lot of the other federations and old school bodybuilding, it is how you look. Yeah. Do you tick these boxes, yes or no? WBFF, you show your personality too, so it's cool. Like you get to show yourself on social media and align with people. So it is a little bit more or a lot more than just how you look. Yeah. Um, so the validation is not going to fulfill you. No, 100%. And I also feel that a lot of people get into the trap of just the way fitness is these days of thinking that it's like a progression. So, okay, mm. I've, I've been training now. Okay, I've done a 12-week challenge. Okay, mm. now it's time to compete. When, yes, like it may happen like that, like it did for me, but it's yeah. not a stepping stone. Some people might do do a 12-week challenge, that's that's as far as they should go because yeah. competing, um, it's so much mental strain. It's oh, it not is. just physical strain. You have to be a certain type of person. Like you have to mm. be that sort of driven, self-motivated type A personality yeah. to really get a lot out of competing um, and have it benefit you. Definitely. So I wouldn't do it if you're new to training. Obviously, well, I would say 12 months minimum. Oh, yeah, particularly because, well, as we mentioned, you came off the back end of a 12 week challenge uh, and still won, which is awesome. But now you mentioned looking back or you you would do things differently because you're quite small. And then same with me being a tennis player. Give yourself that time to to build up and learn the skills, as we've been saying in our other episodes, learn, build those foundations, get like fall in love with training first, uh, which moves into our next one. Fall in love with training, have that good relationship with it and food as well, mm. and then give it a go. Yeah. Like you would never see a basketball player 
go and play basketball if they hated their training yeah would you like it just seems backwards that people would compete before they've consolidated the training there's no other sport that would do that yeah so you know it's really important to build the foundation and understand that if you're getting into this sport you know you have off seasons yeah you have time away every sport does but you also prioritize your training like all all year round like yeah but you just have different phases and different cycles so it's important to I guess run through that understand it and like when I go to the gym I don't think about it like I think about when I can go to the gym but Mm. it's a subconscious action Mm. you know like if it's not a subconscious action and you're forcing yourself to go to the gym, competing's not for you. Yeah, that's right. Because it's only going to get harder. Yeah. Like you're, people think, oh, if I compete, I'll feel good about myself. If I compete, you know, people love me, this and that. It's just going to get so much worse. The closer you get to comp day, you really don't feel like going to the gym. You feel even more insecure because you know you're about to be judged on your looks. And it just amplifies everything everything so if you haven't nailed that beforehand then you haven't earned the right to compete otherwise you'll screw yourself up yeah i'll tell you what the last four weeks um before my last show training was tough you know training was real hard Mm. and like there were days where like i really didn't want to but like i said it's just a process yeah just go and do it and that's what a professional is you go to work even on the days that you don't want to yeah do it so that's really important you know obviously your training and and having other reasons why is important as well but then also resolving any food insecurities that you think you might have yeah is just a no-brainer like if you've had eating disorders Mm. in the past I don't believe personally competing is a good option some people might say that it's helped them and there is the rare case but for the vast majority, um, you know, these sorts of people need psychological yep. guidance. Yep. Not from a comp prep coach. And there's nothing wrong with seeking help from a psychologist or a counsellor. I feel like most of us actually should talk to someone mm. like that. Um, but particularly, as you said, if you have any sort of, uh, you're just not 100% comfortable with food and body image, do not compete. I repeat, don't compete. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, like, you know, like I think both Danny and I have been pretty open that we have insecurities with our body. Like mm. it just comes with the nature of the sport. Yeah. But it's how you handle that. And like if I feel uncomfortable one day, like, you know, I'm feeling a bit heavy for today, whatever that looks like for me. I also, you know, never beat myself down. I never yeah. talk to myself in a negative way. Um, and I'm very conscious of those thoughts because you can't stop them, but you can control them and you can try and improve them. And, you know, you can look after your mental health around them. Yeah. And I suppose because we have been in this for a while now years we can harness our thoughts more but we got guidance we read books we spoke about how we were feeling and that allowed us to be more mindful of how we feel but we've also been on the other side of it we know what it's like to have that six pack and it doesn't make you fulfilled like you feel so tired. Oh. You're low body fat. That's mm. why you've got the six pack. Yep. Yeah, you look awesome, but you can't even be bothered. Half the time, I can't be bothered even doing the photo yep. shoots. I'm yep. glad I bloody do it because I look back and go, oh. fuck, I'm glad I looked like that at one point for a day. Yeah. But like at the time, it's like, I'm so tired. Yeah. <laughs> you are exhausted and, you know, your life is so consumed when it comes to comp prep. And mm. even like the, the poor boyfriends out there, like, 
Luke always would say to me, he's like, oh, like he, he much prefers my off season, I guess, body, personality, shape, mm. energy, because, mm. you know, when you're competing, you're so laser focused yes, and you don't even realize how it does consume you. Um, and you know, I'm quite hyperactive, I would say, like <laughs> I, we get along I'm not months. a placid person, but you know, my mood really does change towards oh, yeah. the end of a show um, or end of a comp, I should say. Because you're going to energy conservation. Yeah. You know, you lose your sex drive. You don't even want to talk to people. You want to be in bed by 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you're going to energy saving mode. Yeah. It, all your thoughts are consumed about your training, when your next meal is, your sleep. Yeah. You know, and your meals are tracked and monitored. Everything's yeah. monitored. You're a robot. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not saying this to scare people off. We're just saying this is the reality. But yeah. I will say, for me personally, it's about the six week mark when all these things are amplified. Yep. So because we live and breathe this lifestyle, I don't find it so challenging until about, yes, probably six to eight weeks is when I really start feeling the pinch. Which is scary because a lot of people think that it only takes eight weeks to no, get comp ready. No. So how long do you allow yourself, roughly? Minimum 16 now. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But like, and I say, um, when I say a 16-week prep, it's a 16-week diet. Yes. That's like I've been prepping all year round as in like I don't, like I said, my training just goes through different stages. So I'm in a building mm. phase at the moment. Um, calories are high and I'm focusing on like a recovering my body because, um, you know, I've been competing throughout the year and I still am recovering. So, yeah, it's more just a 16-week diet phase. I do like to give myself extra extra weeks um, just to take some of that stress off. But what I say is, you know, Back in the past, you know, maybe at show three, four, and five, the pinch started at 12 weeks. Mm. You know, so it's just different now, whereas now I feel the pinch at about six weeks. Yeah. So you do just get better at it. Yeah, and you get more comfortable with what works for you and all of that. We may have people guiding us, but the more you do anything, you just learn how to fine-tune and, and make things work. I remember at the start with my first shows, like everything had to be by the books because I didn't know how to be a bit flexible or I didn't know, and that was actually quite stressful. Whereas now you learn and then it's not as stressful of an experience. Yeah. It's hard, it's mentally tough, but it's you just know what you're doing a little bit more. It's yeah. more natural. Well, so it to makes speak. it makes you a professional because yeah. you know that your results are not going to be destroyed by replacing your chicken with fish. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Whereas some people get so fixated on the smaller things. And yeah, I guess it's really important to understand that. And that just comes back down to your food insecurities and mm. evolving as an athlete itself. Yeah. But I guess maybe we should move on to some of the positives. Yeah, true. <laughs> we just uh, I think that was the big slap in the face that I wish I had. Same. Because yeah. I felt a bit of anger in that. Yeah, there was passion behind that. But that's good. Um, so why do we do this? <laughs> Let's flip it now. Oh, I don't know why. <laughs> So who should do it? Someone, as we mentioned, with a healthy relationship with food and exercise who's ready to ramp it up. I don't mean like you have to be perfect and all of that, but if you know how to handle your thoughts and you've got people around you, definitely do it. Mm. Pedal to the metal and, and ramp it up for sure. Yeah, if you love your training, 
you have a good amount of um, muscle mass, your body fat percentage and your metabolism and everything is in a really healthy place, as well as your mental health. So you feel comfortable and you're, you feel confident that you could diet mm. mentally. You're in that position. There is no reason why competing um, is off the table, but just as long as you, I guess you understand why you shouldn't compete. And if any of those things sort of ring a bell, then you know you sort of need to give yourself more time and perhaps reassess whether that sport's appropriate for you. Remember how we were talking? Because I wasn't going to do another show ever. And then I caught up with Sherelle for coffee and she was prepping. Oh, and then that's That was right. the turning point to do the October show because... I real I just didn't feel so good. So I'm responsible for your pro card. Thank you. Yeah, you did all that work. You uh blood sweat and no no, thank you for being the catalyst to mm. But I realised I missed the process because I I'm part of a really good group and I've got a lot of people around me and competing such a beautiful experience that I didn't do it to get back on stage. I did it because I I wanted that discipline again and because discipline is self-love I dropped the ball on things I got lazy I wasn't journaling meditating and all of that and competing was my way to flip the switch and get my shit together again in the processes that would help everyday life and then getting on stage and, and all of that was secondary to it um yeah, yeah. That, and that's important like you've got to be in it for the process that's the main thing. Like mm-hmm. you want to you want to compete because you want to do the process. Yep. For me, like I love learning about training and different nutrition protocols and like my body, like just human biology. Like I love that sort of stuff. So being able to sort of track everything, measure it and get a result. I really like that sort of process. Yeah. Um, much more than, I guess, the glitz and the glam of the competing itself. So there are yeah. people who who do it for the stage. There are people who are like, I want to get on stage. And, and yep. that's cool. Like, I that's... find a lot of those people are dancers yep, in the past. Yeah, they are. Yep. And I freaking definitely wasn't. Nope, no, I'm Bambi. <laughs> a lot of the dancers love it because it reminds them of what they used to do and all of that. Whereas... We, I like it for that discipline that you can carry in other areas of life, work, this and that. Because if you can stick to processes in one area, how you do one thing is how you do everything. It carries into other areas of life. Exactly. I am my most creative, motivated, um, regimented and disciplined during a comp prep. Yeah. Even though you're more, um, I guess you're more time poor, mm. I get more done I'm just I'm very focused yeah focus and you learn to prioritize and compromise well what can I say what do I actually need to do and what should I be saying no to that's not serving me so you become really efficient yeah you end up like you you do you do like a PhD in yourself you end up learning so much about yourself um (laughs) any food intolerances like your training methods what works what doesn't with me like shift work I guess comp preps really shown me how to really manage that and perhaps I guess a lot of the negative effects and how I can't and just how to overcome I guess everyday life because you still need to have like we're still human we're still you know got jobs and we're still got family and we're still got grief and Mm. and events and yeah, it just really makes you hone in on those um, skills of prioritizing. And yeah, and you become resilient because mm. if you can apply yourself and overcome small challenges such as like sticking to your macros or whatever, your diet plan and your training, you get that done, you feel good. Oh, what else can I do? I'm going to try and do a photo shoot. Mm. And you do all these things mm. um, that take practice and practice and refining and then you've, 
you just end up moving through life doing all this epic stuff that you thought you never could do. Yeah, exactly. And I guess there's lots of secondary benefits and advantages as well that we've spoken about, such as like, you know, networking with like-minded people and making some new friends. Yeah. Um, also the personal growth that we just spoke about mm. in, um, as Danny said, it has so much crossover into every other element of your life. And you do become, It's. I always say like, it's actually scary how how motivated and passionate I become during a prep. We should yeah. like bottle it up and just mm. drink it when I needed it because yeah. sometimes you're just so driven. Oh, scary. You literally, I always refer to like the Sasha Fierce, Beyonce, like her alter ego. You just become this superhuman because I think it's also because the goal is so specific. It, you've got a time frame everything's measured and it just shows what happens when your process is bloody awesome you combine that with focus with the all the steps needed to get to that end point and you get there mm. and that should be really applied in other areas of life um, but something as extreme I think because of comp prep it's like well I'm going to be on stage wearing not much like I need to make this work yeah the consequences are just too big to not do it to your best. Yeah. Like, um, I think it was my mum and she said to me, you know, don't you get nervous? I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah, you do. Yeah. But then I do it. Mm. And it's freaking amazing. Like, you just, you know, you surprise yourself. And oh, you, yeah. And you outperform yourself and you do shit that you didn't think you could do. Yeah. And that's really empowering. But it all comes with practice as well. If you compare our first stage presence to the last show, you just keep changing and, and all of that and you learn how to harness your nerves and meditation really yeah. helped with that. And that's that. that's why we say, um, that's why we said at the start, you know, you shouldn't be competing for the experience because if As you're going to... day? Yeah, yeah just yeah. for the experience because your first show, like... If I just, I could never just leave it at that. You know, like I said, you should should be striving for more of the process. Yeah. And like the secondary benefits and the personal growth and all those sorts of components that come with a comp prep. That should really be your driving force. Yeah. Because the day you blink and it's done. And it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Well, not so much in WBFF because you get a lot out of it. You've got the registration night the night before and the day is quite long. You've got two shows morning and night. But um, some of the other shows, which is fine for beginners or whatever, for people who didn't really know uh, what we knew, you blink and it's literally done. It's like, I did all that work just for that. It was very unfulfilling. Yeah. Like, (laughs) let's give the example though. You know, there's what I know in my first WBFF show, there was. I want to say 80 girls in my category. Yeah. Well, was, was oh, huge. was that both of our first? Bikini short? May. Yeah, in May. Yeah. We were on stage for like 45 minutes. We were on stage and do you know I was the second person out? I was on stage for the whole time. Were you? Um, yeah, so just say, you know, 80 girls and they call forward top 10 and you don't get called forward. Mm. You know, like, and you've, you've strived hard for that one day. You know, where's that going to leave you? How are you going to feel? Did you get anything out of the process? Mm. You know, that's when it's important to have those other things to really look back on and say, actually, you know, I didn't place well. But that doesn't matter because I did this, this and this and and that crossed over into this area of my life and, and look at what I've accomplished. Yeah, I've definitely been there. After the May show, I was actually so upset with how I placed, which is... I didn't think that I had so much emphasis on the end result. I can't and ref- remember. 
Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't actually really tell anyone, but I was super pissed off, like, at myself. It was real. Why? It was cool to go through because I put that much pressure on myself. I thought I was just going to win. Like, and then I look back. I'm like, who am I to think I can just walk into a show and come first? And I'm glad I didn't because, A, I wasn't ready. I hadn't earned that right. And I was doing it for the wrong reasons. I thought... If I had this year off and did WBFF, then I'm going to be one of those fitness models and like the world's just going to be like, (laughs) it's all just going to be about me and I'd be the best. And then, well, no, I'm glad because it was a big slap in the face for me, which was awesome. And then it allowed me to go back to uncover why I'm actually competing um, and put more emphasis on meditation and the mindset. And then I came back in July, May, June, July, two months later, and it was such an enjoyable experience because there was less pressure on myself. Yeah. And I always like, if I ever hear of someone going pro and I'm sort of like, oh, it was their first show or something like that, or maybe they just, they, they're not ready. Mm. It's a disservice because you're, you're having to step up and play a professional sport when you're yeah. still an amateur. And because you, you can't go back to versing amateurs. No, you can't go back. Once you're mm. professional, you know, you've got to step up with the big dogs and you're back to square one. It's like going from year six in primary school to high school. Yeah. You're at the bottom again. Yeah. And, you know, both Danny and I are at the bottom again, mm. but we will grind to get to the top. Yeah. Well, that's why we're taking a whole year off. Yeah. To really work on stuff and to work on other elements of life too. Yeah. Life goals because... Once you're you're in this world, like all your life problems aren't solved miraculously. You don't turn pro and then everyone rolls out a red carpet for you and shine your shoes. No, it, like you're a normal person still. It's 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 an individual like it's sorry it's it's a um it's a status that doesn't really exist. You know, like it's it's just mm. a it's just a title. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, unless the meaning that we put on it, which from what we've said. You know, being an example for people and, and carrying this to other elements of life as well. So it's definitely a mindset and a lifestyle rather than just some words. Yeah. So um, moving on, guys, we're just going to talk quickly about the reality of show day. So, you know, keeping in mind you've been dieting down for about 16 weeks. Come show day, hopefully <laughs> your coach hasn't put you through any crazy protocols, but you're tired, you're hungry and you are exhausted. But yeah. this is game day. Yeah, it's really, it's funny because you look your best, but you feel your worst. Oh, you do. <laughs> and, and um, oh, I don't even know what you say. But Luke's like always like, you know, it's funny. Like you, you're like, you're looking your best, but he's like, but I don't exist right now and I'm not here and I can't yeah. touch you. <laughs> yeah, no, don't even touch me. Yeah, legit. And you're just, you're just running off adrenaline and caffeine for the whole day. You're half just so tired and exhausted, but then the other half of you is nervous and and just ready to do it. Yeah, it really is um, a bit of a shock going into your first show, what to expect for the show itself. Being bikini, you can go right through to like 10 p.m. at night. So it's a huge show. It really is just like working night duty on like, no food yeah definitely and the the more we've done the shows I think we know what works well and all of that I remember at the first shows I was so distracted and stressed and worrying about everyone else because that energy is next level like you walk backstage you can cut the air with a knife that's how like tense everyone is yeah you don't blame them because it's a full-on thing yeah and you know you've been dieting for so long 16 20 Mm. weeks 
cognition is not 100%. So you've got to have all your bags packed. You know, you're stressing to not forget anything. Your number, your robe, your bikini, your hair and makeup times, your appointments, your stage time, like everything. You've got to have so much stuff and you've got to be prepared and expect the worst. You strap on your bikini breaks or, you know, you forget your shoe or, you know, it's really important. Especially if you're doing multiple (laughs) rounds or multiple categories or you've got theme wear. Um, There's a lot of things to take into consideration and it can be really overwhelming for your first show. Yeah. So organization is key. Like have a list of the things you need, but don't, (laughs) I've done it in the past. You just overcomplicate everything. Just simplify. You know where you need to be at what time, allow time for that and I turn off my notifications, to be honest. I don't that, talk to anyone. No, we, we sort of find our spot in the corner. I remember on show day, we made sure we were in the same room, but then we hardly spoke yeah. at all. We, we knew we were there, busy. but then we often... I sat in this stairwell with the headphones in, um, and then, yeah... Probably you sounds really me. antisocial, but A little I bit. think <laughs> we've both just found what works for us. And yeah. um, you've got to conserve your energy for the stage, yeah. especially with the WBFF. So when you're backstage, you know it's it's amazing you know people coming up and they're talking to you and you know it's it's beautiful but you've also got to sort of conserve yourself yes. to you know bring your ultra ego for the stage yeah. um for your first show it's probably not like that you're just fluffing around like a butterfly yeah. you know puppy you're so excited you do show and then you get off and you still got to come back for the night show mind yeah. you there's two shows so you know it's just a really big event mm-hmm. and it can be easy to sort of give it all too early and then fall in a bit of a hole for the following days. Yeah, so find what works for you. Conserve your energy. Use visualisation as well. Uh, I'd probably get out on the stage first. They let you do that so you can have a look and see what it looks like when you're staring out into the crowd. Obviously, the chairs are empty, but it still allows you to practice, and that mm, was really cool yeah. as well. And, like, just be present, guys. The day yeah. goes so quickly, oh. and in hindsight, you look back and you go, wow, like how much has happened in the last 12 hours. It just really flies by and both Danny and I um, are really good at being present on show day now and just taking it all in and and absorbing it all because we know in just a blink of an eye it's going to be all over and the last 20 weeks are just going to be a thing that we did. And that's why what's really cool about the WBFF, like everyone flies to the state for that show. So including your photographers, your hair and makeup artists, people. And so it's really cool to your family, do the networking and do your photo shoots and all of that cool stuff as well as the show. Yeah, it's a weekend. It's a celebration and it's not just about the show, you know. It's about planning dinner or breakfast the following day with your family. It's about getting um, some photos done or some content with a videographer. It's about meeting up with all the people that you see on Instagram. It's about... It's about connecting in person with your coach. It's about putting in place plans for your next show and your next goals, whether mm. they're physique related or not. Um, it's it's really is just a chance to celebrate the last twenty weeks and what you've put yourself through because it's a it's a big event and you yeah. know, like a lot of people start a prep and never get there. So yeah. you've really got to celebrate making it. Exactly, definitely, and. Just go in knowing that it is a subjective sport. So if you know that you've put in your best, if you've enjoyed the process, it's it's so much more enjoyable on the day because at the end of the day, the judges make the final call 
based on your look, based on that. And you can't control that. You can only control what you do and how you are on stage, but the outcome, it's actually out of your control. Yeah, and it's not unusual. I know both Danny and myself, our first show with the WFF, we had close to 80 girls in our um, bikini short lineup. So it's not unusual um, to not get a call out. You know, Mm. it's, it's, it's actually it's more likely than not to not get a top 10 call out you know one in eight so are you going to be okay if that happens what are you going to be feeling are you still going to be able to look back on that experience and that weekend and say you know what I gave it my all Mm. I put what I was proud of on stage regardless of the judges judges opinion or result I'm happy and that's important that's right definitely a powerful position to be in And of course comes post-comp and what happens afterwards, but we've decided to save that for next week's episode because that's a whole nother topic in itself that we would love to share some strategies because we've been through so much of it um, post-comp and and a lot of the experiences. So we want to share some of our tips with you on how to handle that next week. Yes, yes, so definitely. So going over some of the strategies will be um, next week's main focus because, yeah, yeah, as Danny said, um, we've both made lots of mistakes and gone in sort of blindfolded as well so if you guys did enjoy this episode or did get any insight out of it please do um, as previously take a screenshot of the episode post it up on your instagram story tag myself tag danielle and tag the level up podcast and we can't wait to share um, next week with you guys yeah and we'll also be posting a QA. and a so anything comp prep related you'll be able to ask and we can elaborate a little bit further for you guys so keep an eye out on the level up podcast page for that. Thanks for listening. See you guys.